0: Several years ago, Air Canada Flight 143, all of a sudden, halfway through the flight, one of the engines in the plane died. The captain immediately knew that he would have to divert to another airport to land the plane as they were planning and communicating on which airport to land that flight. To the chagrin of the pilot and the co-pilot, the second and last engine on the plane died. The plane was in an emergency. It was descending and it became a glider. The co-pilot frantically began to look through the flight manual of the airplane and to see if there was any protocol from the manufacturers of flying a plane without engines and there was none the pilot knew that the plane would not make it to the air to the airport and immediately he was wondering how he was going to land this plane that was descending the pilot keenly and the experience of this pilot came through he recalled that nearby there was a race track where they did car drag racing on And he thought perhaps he could land the plane on the track. The track was being used at that same time for drag racing. He was able to navigate the plane, landed the plane without loss of life or injury to anyone miraculously. An ensuing investigation determined the cause of the engine failure. At that particular time, Canada was going through a a transition from a weight measurement in pounds to kilograms, and the the on-airport moment of loading the plane with fuel called for 22,000 kilograms of fuel, and inadvertently they put 22,000 pounds of fuel. The plane had half the fuel. In other words, the plane did not have enough fuel for the trip. Have you ever said in life, I just don't have enough? Have you ever experienced something that so I don't have enough faith? I don't have enough hope. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough en- energy. I, I, I just, I don't have enough of me to go around. There are times that we experience that. During COVID, we have felt a, a taxing weight on all of us. Worry and fear and uncertainty has just accelerated. An unprecedented time. You add on top of that what has been called the great resignation. People leaving their careers to a point of burnout, to a point of saying, I just don't have enough to do this anymore. Recently, a New York marriage counselor said that the divorce rate and marital stress during the COVID time actually peaked at an all time high in America. The stress. The the anxiety, the pressure, and couples across America said, "I, I just can't do it. I don't have enough to do this anymore. The weekly pressures, the weekly obligations, the weekly assignments, the unending, relentless weekly things W-E-E-K-L-Y has produced weekly, W-E-A-K-L-Y, weekly in us. We, we feel the, the weakliness of life, pressures, concerns, and it starts all over again the next week. Some of you are already looking at this week, and you're saying tomorrow will be, it'll be a miserable Monday. I'll have a terrible Tuesday, a wrenching Wednesday, a taunting Thursday, a frantic Friday, a sapping Saturday, and a sinking Sunday. And that's what you're looking forward to. You feel the drain. I have discovered in life when you reach those moments when you say you don't have enough, people escape emotionally, and sometimes even physically. They go overboard. They, they, they look for something else. They walk out on. They, they, they think there's something else they need to go to, and they, they vacate the present. And, and many of us in this room perhaps have done that, and you've moved to England. England. What do you mean? Sinking, complaining, griping, hurting, losing, breaking, quitting, England. You feel like you have to get out of this, and I just don't have what it takes to do life anymore. I want to invite you. Don't go to England. England. Don't walk out. Don't give up. Stay put. You may say that you don't have enough, but I'm here to tell you God hasn't enough just for you. With that in mind, I invite you to join me in the book of Leviticus, chapter 25. This is your third book in the Bible, so... If you're unfamiliar with the Old Testament, go to Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, and then there is Leviticus. Let me set the scene. God had established for Israel these principles, these teaching moments. And God said that every seventh year was to be a sabbatical year, just like we have a Sabbath day every week. God said every seventh year is a sabbatical year. That is to say... The, the Gregarian culture, they were planting and harvesting crops. God was saying every seventh year, you let the land rest. You don't do any work. You just let the land rest. Could you imagine every seventh year? A year. No honey-do list. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no obligation. No, no assignments for a year. But God established that after seven, seven sabbatical years stay with me on the numbering that there was to be a year of jubilee. It's the 50th year, seven, sevens, 49, and the 50th year is jubilee. Every 50th year was a year of jubilee, and it was to proclaim liberty throughout the land. So that sabbatical year, the 49th year, was a sabbatical year of rest followed by an additional year of rest, the jubilee. Every 50 years because God said in everyone's lifetime, I want there to be a jubilee. The lifespan, God understood it. He said, I want everyone in their lifespan to experience a moment, a God-given jubilee. Some of us have not experienced God's best in our lifetime. We've read about it. We've heard what's happened to somebody. We've read it in the Bible. But in your lifetime, you have not experienced your best, your jubilee. God says there was to be a jubilee. But there was a, a challenge. You see, when your jubilee came, you faced something you've never face before. That is to say, on the seventh year, you were to harvest and plant in the sixth year, but you were to not harvest and plant in the seventh year. Following that, I'll call it the eighth year or the fiftieth year, you were not to harvest or plant. That is to say, the year after Jubilee, you could plant, but it would be another season, it would be another year before you could harvest. Therefore, in that sixth year prior to Jubilee, you were facing three years in which you would have no crops. Can you imagine going into something saying I can't make the payments for three years? Can you imagine something in your lifetime? Facing something you've never faced before, something so ominous, so, so pressing, so draining so much that you felt like you could not get beyond it. The drain and pain of life more than you felt like you could hold on. Even your faith was saying, I don't have faith. I can't get through that. And here's what God said to them. Leviticus chapter 25, verse 18. Follow my decrees and be careful to obey my laws, and you will live safely in the land. Then the land will yield its fruit, and you will eat your fill and live there in safety. You may ask, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? Good question. God answers it in verse 21. I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough, there's that word, the land will yield enough for three years. I will bless you in the sixth year that your seventh, the jubilee, the fiftieth year, and the year after that before your harvest, I will do something here that will take you all the way through, God is saying, you'll have enough. Now what impresses me about this, God is saying, the seed you already planted, the seed you already planted, you don't have to plant more seed. God says, I'm going to bless the seed you've already planted. And I want to say to some of us in the room, God wants to do something to you, for you in your lifetime you've never seen before. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, pastor, I already don't feel like I have enough right now. And you're about to ask me to do something or give something or take on something. No, it's the prayer you've already prayed. It's the faith you've already shown. It's the obedience you've already given to God. God uses the seed you've already planted. And God says the seed you planted, I will bless it and I will multiply it and it will carry you for three years. There's enough. There's enough. Many of us, many of us, we're we're in the house of the Lord, we're online today. What you've already done for God, what you've already celebrated, what you've already stood for God, what you've already said yes to God, your obedience and your commitment, God's going to take that and God's going to multiply it for you see God's always thinking ahead in your blessings, amen. I have three things I want to share with us today and then we're going to. We're going to have an altar moment. We're going to have a prayer and praise time. And I'm going to invite you, step into your blessing. That God has enough. Some of you are saying, there's not enough of me. Some of you are saying, I can't pull it off. Some of you are saying, I can't make this work. And I'm going to invite you in the altar moment, in that time, to experience God's best. Three things. Number one, I want to share with you, endurance brings favor endurance brings favor. Now, I know we don't like the word endurance, okay? It doesn't even sound good, huh? It's not, even, it's not even inviting or endurance. I mean, it just, it almost hurts to say it, doesn't it, huh? It almost hurts to say it. No one writes love songs entitled endurance. Yeah, Hallmark cards are another, that's probably not in any of the script of a Hallmark card, endurance. It's not a word that we... We just gravitate to. But here's what I want to say. You have been faithful. You're in the house of God today. You're you're tithing. You're giving. You're believing. You're praying. You're still on the job. You haven't walked out. You haven't walked away. Your endurance brings God's favor. You see, faith, faith is holding on. Endurance is holding out. Yes. in faith, you look up. Endurance looks forward. And that endurance, God says, what you've already done, your your obedience, obey my decrees, follow my decrees. And then God says in verse 19, and then, and then you will experience something. You will experience my favor. You have a need? Oh, Pastor, the, the business I work for, we 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 need three more employees. We can't hire them. You're running a business? I need to hire two people, and I don't have the budget for it. We we need to pay off the car. I, 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 need, I, I, I need a turnaround in my, in my health. I just, things have been affecting me and dragging me down. I, I'm just in a time of malaise. I, everything's right, but I just feel so sad on the inside. Do you have a need? I'm going to give you real quickly five, five benefits of a need. They all begin with the letter L. I'm not going to spend a lot of time because I have a lot more to share with you today. Number one. The benefit of a need is it forces us to look to the Word of God. Because when it doesn't work, you, some of us need to quit Googling things, and we need to get back into the Word. Can I tell you, that Internet stuff can just talk you out of faith. Yeah. Have you ever Googled an ache or pain, and it says, yeah, people are dying of that. And, and it's probably the sign, and it has a word there, and a disease you can't even pronounce. It has so many letters, and I'm thinking, my God. Goodness, I could have you don't don't Google ever aching pain, okay? It'll, it's it's bad news. It causes you to look to the word of God. Number two, it causes us to lean on the arm of God. Needs cause us to lean on the arm of God. Number three, it causes us to learn where we went astray. Oh, is there a moment in which you you, you didn't fully obey the Lord. You didn't do the right thing. You kind of skipped, kind of took the shortcut. It reminds you of that. It, it's a way of doing inventory. Number four, it causes us to long for God's presence. The reason some of us came to church today, there was a need. And we said, I just long to be in God's presence. I need to be in the presence of the Lord. Because if I could get in the presence of the Lord, guess what? I just feel like I could get relieved, yes. And number five, it causes us to listen for the changes in God's instructions. Listen for the changes in God's instruction. Is God saying something that was all right then, but God saying, "I have new instructions for you now"? I mean, it's great to have a honeymoon, okay? It's great to have a honeymoon, but there's things you got to do after the honeymoon. If you don't do some things after the honeymoon, you're gonna have a full moon experience there. Uh, I'm you, if the things will, the things will change. Uh, it, 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 will, it, will, it will go bad on you. There's, God is saying that was for then, and here is now. You see, endurance brings favor. And some of us, we feel the endurance. We feel the, we feel the pressure. We feel like we're just in the grind of it right now, and we feel like we've been abandoned by God. And here's what I want to say. That is about to introduce the favor of God in your life. Number two, I want to share with you, favor Endurance brings favor, and favor brings abundance. Favor brings abundance. Here's what God said. In the seventh year, you're asking, how are we going to eat? But not only the seventh, Lord, you want us to do another, a a 50th year, and then I can't plant, so what are we going to eat in the year after There's Three years, God, I can't figure it out. And God says, I'm going to send you such a blessing in the sixth year that your crops will produce so much for three years. You see, the favor of God brings abundance. I've discovered about God, God is always planning a blessing beyond our present dilemma. Some of us say, how am I going to get through the end of the month and God's already got a blessing that will take you to the end of the year? some of us say how am i going to get through this and god has your blessings scheduled he has he has blessings scheduled for you you don't even see but there's no way god there is no way the business there's no the the consultant said the accountant said the doctor said my, my brother-in-law said, my wife is saying, my husband is saying, there's no way it can. And God's saying, you haven't factored in the favor of God. You don't know how the favor of God can multiply. You don't know what God can do. And his favor produces abundance. And we're trying to figure out what we're going to do in the seventh year. And God says, I've got the seventh year, the eighth year, and the year beyond that already planned out for you. I'm going to do something in the seed you've already planted. And I'm here to tell you, the prayer you already prayed, the offering you already gave, the blessing and the obedience to God you've already responded to, God's going to do something and multiply it and do something fantastic in your life. It was during the, what we infamously called "call the, the Great Recession. 2008, 2009, 2010, the economy went down, the federal government had to bail out banks, you remember that, the phrase came too big to fail, insurance companies, our economy was sinking, there were layoffs, and employment was escalating, there's as many as half a million to a million jobs a month being lost as we were hemorrhaging and our economy during that time. Prior to the great recession, I, I tried to buy an acre of property next to our softball field, and the landowner said, I'll sell you one acre for 2.1 million. I said, no, I can't do that. I, I, I can't do that. That's, that's just, just not doable. Can't work. Have you ever said it can't work to God? You ever said God, God? You ever figured it out and told God, God, it just can't work? That's where I was at. Okay. God can't work out. Then all of a sudden, what's called the Great Recession came. And I got a phone call one day, and the property that was sold next to us was being developed for a a shopping center. It was sold and the bank was foreclosing on the property to the investor and the bank was willing to take less for the property than it was owed against the property. How much is, how much property is there? They told me it's over 10 acres. Pastor, it'll go from your property all the way down to Calabra, and you'll have frontage on Calabra. And I had prayed, oh God, wouldn't it be great to have a sports complex out there? Wouldn't it be great to have, God, just give me an acre. Have you ever prayed an acre and God has 10 acres in mind? Have you ever prayed, God, you know, God, you don't have to heal me. God, really, you don't have to heal me. If I could just buy Tylenol at a discount, you know, I can, I can put up with, just let me get the Tylenol cheaper and, and we, we, we'll manage the pain. And God says he wants to heal. I, I, I was there, I, I'm telling you, I, I understand that. He said, you can buy all 10 acres right now. The bank will sell it. Fire sale right now, $1.4 million. Wow. I said, somehow, someway, God, we're going to make it happen. We bought that property, and I'll tell you, my dream came true. The thing that God put in my heart, and we began to build and build and build. And now we have that beautiful sports complex, that down there. But there's a part of that property. That goes all the way down. We have the QT Starbucks just bought next to there. But we have this little two-acre that parts that went out there on Culebra. And it's kind of an odd shape. And it just wasn't conducive to include in the sports complex. So we fenced around the, the property. We put a walking trail. But there was this little, this little piece of land out there. What are going to do with it? It just doesn't fit the, the symmetric of it. So we never developed it. So it's just there. This year I got a call. Somebody wants to buy that. I want to buy that two acres? Yeah. Well, we don't even use it. We've never used it. And we sold it this year. I sold that little two-point acres, that two-acre plot there for 1.3 million. Yeah. Yeah. And I am telling God, God, you. I've got this figured out, and it won't work. And we bought it all for 1.4 and sold the little part we're not using and reclaimed nearly everything. And I can say today, guess what? It's all paid for now. It's all paid for. I, I'm not making payments on it anymore. That just, uh, we, we had that, and, and now, and now it's, it's paid for. And can I tell you, i just say, wow, God, what you're able to do, what I'm telling you is, That that the favor of God brings abundance. And in your life, and you see God intervene, and it'll put some glide in your stride and some pep in your step instead of the, the malaise and discouragement you're going through all the time. God knows what He's doing. Favor does that. Favor. God can do it. He'll do it for you. Yes, I remember a few years ago, Finances in the Ryan home were a lot tighter. We had two girls at home, and Denise is a, she's a great manager of the household budget. And, and Denise did couponing, okay? She had this plastic container about the size of a shoebox, and it was filed, and she had coupons in it took the newspaper, and every day the newspaper. the newspaper is a printed form of the internet for those who don 't know what it is. They used to print the internet and they 'd throw it in your front lawn on every morning and you 'd open it up and there was the internet, everything you need to know, not know you do it all online, but there was a day they printed it to us and they and and Denise would take coupons and she 'd cut coupons out, and she would she had a filing system there. She filed this. So every time she went to the grocery store, we, we, and, and that's how we, we made things work in those days, she'd pull it out she'd make her list and she'd pull it out, she'd pull it out, she'd pull it out, she'd pull it out. And she was always filing things. And sometimes I, I'd say, Denise, can we have? When you go to the grocery store, could you, could you get this? And she wouldn't answer me until she did this. <laughs> nope, we don't have a coupon for that. Yeah. Please, Denise. Please, my. Please, you don't have to get the half gallon of blue belt. Get that little one. Get that little. they make the. They make the communion size style right there. You know, uh, right there, the little communion cup style. There. Can I? Can I have? Can I have one of those? Well, let me see here. No. 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 We have so much to do. I've got to get my poly grip and all of these things together. And we don't have, we don't have, we do have money for that. She give a coupon. And there were certain days of the week they had what's called double coupon day. You remember? How many have ever shopped on double coupon day? Yeah, on that day, you bring any coupon in that's 25 cents off, you got 50 cents off on double coupon day. And Denise would shop on double coupon day so she could multiply our discount. What I want you to know is there is a cross that was on a hill and a man named Jesus hung on it. And that's God's coupon and it's written on it free. Whosoever will. Whosoever will. It says in Romans 8 and 32, since the Father gave His only begotten Son, won't He with Him also freely give you all things? There are things that Jesus paid for on the cross that we need to claim. We have a coupon of grace. We have a coupon of forgiveness. We have a coupon of, of encouragement. There's a coupon called healing. There's a coupon called reconciliation. There's a coupon called happiness and joy. And you need to get your coupon and say, God, I need it. God has abundance for you. God has something for you. He'll do it for you. Favor. The favor of God is drought-proof. The favor of God is recession-proof. The favor of God is mother-in-law proof. I mean, it just endures everything. It just works. You step into the favor of God. This past Christmas, I went online and ordered a gift. Clicked on it. Filled out the information. And I did it right. Yeah. Payment went through. I got this email. You're Your order has been received. They told me, take seven or eight days for it to get there. A few days later, I got an email. And here's what the email said. Your package is arriving soon. Yeah, that's what it told me. I came to tell you today, your blessing is arriving soon. (laughs) Your blessing is arriving. God's already shipping it. You say God can. You say I don't have enough. That's all right. For the prayer and the obedience and what you've already done, God's going to take the seed you've already planted, and your blessing is arriving soon. It's already on His way. God's already planning a blessing for you this summer and this fall. That's going to take you into next year. Your blessing is already on His way. Don't hold back. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't say you can. God has something for you. His favor brings abundance. In a moment, we're going to come together, and we're going to declare the goodness of God. And I'm going to invite you, for some of us who have been in this season of, "Ah, there's not enough and I can't do it, to step in and realize that God has enough. God has enough. Endurance brings favor. Favor brings abundance. And abundance releases God's glory, number three. Abundance releases God's glory. Yeah. There's something about the glory of God many of us don't understand because it's a word that we don't use in our vernacular every day. It's a word that is probably a word in your daily conversations you haven't used in the last week, last month, maybe not even this year because it's just not a a colloquial word that we would Employ on a regular basis, but it was Jesus who said, Pray in this fashion Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, then it ends. By yours is the kingdom, the power, and the the glory. The glory that he mentions it. It was Moses that would say, God, show me your glory. Can you imagine Moses who's been to the mountain? Heard the voice of God and the finger of God wrote out the tablets. A man that that would take a staff and hold it over Red Sea and it was parted. He said, I still haven't seen his glory. There is something better. There is something more in God. I still have not seen. Here's what I want to say. There is a part of God that many of us have not experienced and I'm going to re- reference it to His, to his glory, his glory. Glory speaks of that which is awesome, the best, the fantastic, the best, the most you can imagine. There is is something from God you have not yet experienced. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to know His glory, to know His glory. If we were to put life and His experience on a 1 to 10 scale, 1 meaning, disappointing, I don't like it. It's not going my well. And 10 to be the best, the best, the best. It can't get any better. There's not an 11 in this scale. 10 is the highest, and it doesn't get any better. There's been a moment you said it's excellent. That's an 8. There's times you said it's, it's, it's just the best right now, Pastor. That might be it. I'm going to suggest to you, you've never had a 10. You've had some 8.9s, maybe a 9.2, but you've never had a, a 10. It's His glory. His glory takes you to the highest, the highest, the best. The best. Yeah. Yeah, the best. Can't get any better. A little old school, great pop singer, Neil Diamond. He would fill stadiums, 50,000 people, arenas, 30, 35,000 people. And he'd step on the stage and sing his songs. And he had a signature song he, he would sing at every, at every concert. I mean, you just knew somewhere, somewhere Neil Diamond's going to sing Sweet Caroline. He's going to do it. Yeah, you don't know when. But it, 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 became a, it became a stadium experience. And all of a sudden, he'd be going through songs, and you'd hear the trumpets. Da-na-na, da-na-na, da na da da And that was the cue to the crowd. They'd stand up. Yeah, people start swinging. He's not singing yet, but they know what's happening. Ooh, this is it. People swinging. Go on YouTube. You see some guys way overweight. They shouldn't be doing that, you know. But, you know, everybody everybody gets into it. Everybody gets into it. And he's going to start singing. He's going to say, sweet Caroline, so good. And and, and it's just known. It's in the culture. It's it's in the crowd, 50,000 people spontaneously without coaching there's no words on the screen he'd say so good they just scream out so good so good so good three times they would just that was just in the experience of a Neil Diamond concert you're going to stand up and shout as loud as so good so good so good at that moment that's a that's an 8.7 but it's not a 10 50,000 people. It's still an 8.7. It's not a 10. We have any cowboy fans here? Will you admit it? Any Cowboy, cowboy fans? Let's say, hypothetically, hypothetically, in your lifetime, 2040, they go to the Super Bowl. Okay. That'll give them time to get ready and recruit enough good players. And, and <laughs> I'll stop my commentary right there. 2040, you're going to go to the Super Bowl. In your lifetime, some of you have been You said this is the year, and it wasn't the year. Back in February... You were so depressed, they weren't even in the arena. They weren't even in the f- on the field Super Bowl day. But let's say 2040, Cowboys are on the field. Now in 2040, when they finally make it, you're in a nursing home. <laughs> you don't have Alzheimer's, but you have part timers. You forgot half the stuff. You forgot half the stuff. Okay. And there's some lady coming in twice a day, feeds you cream of weed. She puts a spoon in your mouth and she wipes, wipes your chin off. You're in you're a nursing home. You can't get up. But they make it finally make it do the super. And they win 2014. You've bought logos, you've bought t-shirts, you've bought all that stuff, and you've held on, you've been a Super Bowl fan. Hey, can't get any better that's a 9.2 it's not a 10 it's not a 10 what I'm saying is at your best you haven't had the 10 and God says there's a 10 it's called his glory it's called his glory it's what Moses said I, God of all things I've seen and experienced show me your glory your glory let me step into that Step into your glory. Your glory. It's past Christmas. Past Christmas, huh? I'm looking at the time. I'm over my time. Can I have two more minutes? Who'll give me two minutes? Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. I got twenty minutes right there. Well, I'm gonna go on. Okay, I'm gonna finish my message. <laughs> it's past Christmas. I go to CVS, I open my car door, close the car door, I'm walking the sidewalk, the main door is right over there, as I'm walking to the main door position there, along the sidewalk, the cars are parked here, there's a man about 10, 12 feet in front of me, and I noticed a lady up against the wall, and as this man, this gentleman walked by, she said something to me, and I couldn't hear him, and I watched him, he did this, he reached in his pocket, and he, oh, he's taking change, and he gave her. Time a little closer. I don't know. Did he give her 57 cents? Did he give her $1.75? I don't know. But I heard her say thank you. Now, I don't carry change. I don't want change in my pocket. I just don't carry change. I get change. I take it home. and It goes to the grandkids or Denise or somebody. I, I just don't like to have change in my pocket. So I'm stepping up. And as I step up, I heard her say, can you help me feed my kids. I don't have change, so I just pull out my wallet. I know what she's thinking. Hey, he's he gonna give me a dollar bill? I just handed it to her and kept on walking. I gave her a twenty dollar bill. I went on by. Never said anything to her. Just went on by. I'm about six steps beyond her, and she finally realized it wasn't a one. It was a twenty. I heard her say. I can still hear her voice right now. She said this, glory, I have enough. And, oh, I still remember. She sat there until she had enough. Not just enough, well, I'm sure she said, you know what, I'm almost enough here. I could, I could put another can of water into that soup, maybe just get some crackers and some bread and Stretched that meal just a little bit. But no, she stayed there. She said, I want more. Was it she saying, I'd like to get cookies for my kids? I don't know. She stood there. She had a number in her mind. She said, I'm not leaving until I have enough. Until I have enough. And I put that $20. She said, Glory! have enough and when I walked out after I got my she's gone why she had more than enough honora here's what I want to invite you you need to get enough from God about to go into a time of worship if you have said to yourself if you've whispered it under your breath, if you've felt it if you've been saying of late, I don't have enough I just don't have enough, I, I can't do this anymore, I don't have what it takes, I I feel empty, I feel depleted I feel drained if that's you, if that's you I'm going to invite you and stand right here come and stand right here now yes balcony you're welcome to join us or stay there as well but we have we have moment places stairwells you can join But that you you join us right now you just join me right now and I'm gonna invite you to get enough you see God's glory it can satisfy the deepest things Abundance releases God's glory. That lady said, Glory, I have enough. I invite you to come. Yes. Oh God. I need more than just to get through the day. I need something that's going to take me all the way through. Oh, hallelujah. Church family, Westover family invite you right now let's begin to prepare for a time of worship would you just lift your heart and hand it's all right to pray in the spirit we're going to have a holy spirit moment right now let's just pray in the spirit